And for our message today, we're going to turn to the book of Philippians. The book of Philippians. We will stay in Philippians for the entirety of the message. And we're going to begin a reading in Philippians chapter 1, the end of Philippians there, as it moves from, we'll be in verse 27, and then we'll move in from Philippians 1, 27, uh, through the second chapter there in Philippians, and read that to you. Philippians is an epistle from Paul. So Paul's writing to the Philippians. So the Philippians are those people living in Philippi. And so Paul is writing, and as we read, and if you'd read in Philippians, he's not there with them. He wants to be with them. He would like to be there where they're at. But he can't. And so he's looking to send Timothy sending another minister, but we find ourselves here in Philippians chapter 1, verse 27. And what we're going to read is through verse uh, 30, we'll finish of chapter 2. Now, I might stop before we get to the very end of chapter 2, but let's begin in Philippians 1, 27. Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. So let me just back up a minute to make clear. Think of yourself as you're in Philippi. You've received a letter. And here we are, we're reading his letter to them. This is not him giving a sermon or a speech in front of people. He's writing a letter. So take that in that context. Let's begin again. Verse 27, Philippians 1. Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. And not in any way terrified by your adversaries, which is to them a proof of perdition, but to you of salvation and that from God. For to you it has been granted on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake. Having the same conflict which you saw in me and now here is in me. Verse 2, I mean chapter 2, verse 1. Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out, not only for his own interests, but for the interests of others. Verse 5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, 
but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself, and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore God also has highly exalted him, and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven, and of those on earth, and of those under the heaven, and that every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Do all things without complaining and disputing that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. Yes, and if I am being poured out as a drink offering on the sacrifice and service of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. For the same reason, you also be glad and rejoice with me. But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you shortly, that I also may be encouraged when I know your state. For I have no one like-minded who will sincerely care for your state, for all seek their own, and not the things which are in Christ Jesus. But you know his proven character, that as a son with his father, he served with me in the gospel. Therefore I hope to send him at once, as soon as I see how it goes with me. But I trust in the Lord that I myself shall also come shortly." Yet I consider it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother, fellow worker, and fellow soldier, but your messenger and the one who ministered to my need, since he was longing for you all and was distressed because you had heard that he was sick. For indeed he was sick almost unto death, but God had mercy on him, and not only on him but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore I sent him the more eagerly, that when you see him again you may rejoice, and I may be less sorrowful. Receive him, therefore, in the Lord with all gladness, and hold, and hold such men in esteem. Because for the work of Christ he came, to de- he came close to death, not regarding his life, to supply, that, supply what was lacking in your service toward me. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. I know that was a lengthy passage of scripture, but I wanted to highlight, we're going to highlight a couple things from it, and as we see the flow in the context, we will understand. The message title is Having the Mind of Christ. Having the Mind of Christ. That won't be our only focus in the message, but that will be a major part of it, having the mind of Christ. We start out with verse 27. Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ. That's a great charge. Let's be worthy of the gospel of of Christ. Let's do our best to live up to it. And in verse 2 of chapter 2, we talk about fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and one mind. He's talking about unity. He's talking about unity of the church. Unity of the church. If you read it all in context and in the context of Scripture, We're not talking about unity by compromise. 
We're not talking about unity by the lowest common denominator. We're not talking by, about unity by taking that level of doctrine that everyone can agree on or maybe like. The unity should be the unity in Christ. You might think of our church name, if you don't know what the three CU stands for, it's the Churches of Christ in Christian Union. It starts out being Christ Church in Christian Union. It's Our unity shouldn't be the unity of man and man's idea. It should be an elevated unity. Let me contrast this for you. If you go to some churches or some things, they're going to look at things and lower and say, let's Let's agree on certain things. What can we agree on? And that's where we'll start at. No, we're saying it's not what we as people can agree on. It's that we're agreeing on the principle that we're following the Scripture, God's Word, and our unity is in Christ. And that unity of Christ brings unity across the rest. It's kind of like in our home. If we, both husband and wife, are trying to put God's word first, excuse, not God's word, but follow God's word, but Christ first, Christ becomes both of our coaches, both of our, our uh, leaders, leads us both, and so in our discussions, it's a, it's a discussion about what is it that God's trying to tell us, not what I want to do versus what you want to do, it's what is God trying to tell us together. That's the kind of unity we want in a church is, is not where we allow everything to go on to keep everybody happy so that the congregation is full and easy grace, but it's aligning on the scripture. It's that kind of unity. Let's have that level of unity. But to have that level of unity, we have to, and we'll talk about in a minute, humble ourselves. We have to be considerate of people in different phases of their walk, and different levels of maturity. But we need to be unified, all following Christ and desiring Christ. Verse 3, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Now, if you are familiar for, with Corinthians and um, the letter that went to the Corinthians, and they, we talk about there about carnal nature and with strife and contention. It leads back to this concept of selfishness. But here in verse 3, we see this, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. And that conceit there is really vainglory. It's a self-conceit. Maybe you walk around and, and, and uh, see people that they think they're all that, or however the phrase you want to pose that, no one else necessarily does, but they do. And they walk around with a certain attitude. Let nothing be done through selfish ambitions or vain conceit or conceit. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. These are activities that in the past... would have been common courtesies. Some of you maybe went to a July 4th concert, or you went to 
not concert, but to uh, the uh, fireworks. And getting into the fireworks was one thing. But leaving the fireworks was somewhat another thing because there were lots of cars. If I'm being considerate of someone else, this is a simple example, if I'm thinking of other people and considerate of, of them, what am I going to do is I will let some people in front of me once in a while. I'll allow somebody to weave. If I'm not being considerate, and I'm sure you might have saw people like this, is they run their bumper right next to the person in front of them to make sure that you don't get in. So that's not considering others. That's considering me. Now, if your wife is due and she's in labor, I get it. But you're probably not going to... It's not going to change that much. Now, at the same time, you're not considering others. If you're the person that's letting 50 cars up in front of you, you're, not, you're considering those people, but not the people behind you that have been waiting. So you let one in, and you kind of weave them together. But that's considering others and considering the impact of others and having a little bit of humility. Now I will tell you as we go through the sermon today that I'm preaching a sermon to myself at the same time. So... These are some challenging things we have here. Sometimes it's hard. If your air conditioning is working in your car and you're in line like that, it's a little easier to be considerate. If you're not hangry, you know what that is. That's when you're hungry and it affects you, right? It's easier. But when your air conditioning's out and all those other kinds of things, it's a little bit harder. Conduct and attitude. Humility, esteem others, lift up others. And it says, in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. In your mind, do you, would you agree that it makes sense that the way I think about it, my attitude affects my actions? Probably so. Walking around thinking that you're much better than everyone else reminds me of the Pharisees. Our attitude, though, I believe, drives our conduct. Verse 4, look what it says there. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. How is what you're about to do going to affect others? Do you even care? Do you even consider it? How it's going to affect others? Some tough lessons, some things to talk about, and here we come to our focus verse in verse 5. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. So what is this mind of Christ? who being in the form of God, did not consider robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance of a man, he humbled himself and become obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore God also has highly exalted him, 
and give him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This first part talks about Jesus, the Son of God, humbling himself to become a little baby, born in a manger, parents of a humble means, and subjecting himself, choosing to subject himself, humbling himself to the point of a death on a cross for us. Describing the mind of Christ. Wow, what a challenge. You ever go someplace and think about when you're in there, this is how I should be treated. Isn't that kind of hard? This is how I should be treated. Our expectations are maybe higher than they should be. The mind of Christ also in you. We should have a unity. We shouldn't be selfish. We could consider others, not just in conduct, but in attitude, and have the mind of Christ. There's a humility. A humility. Now, verse 14. Verse 14 would almost be easier not to have in the Bible. You just want to eat, live things easy. After we read verse 14 again, you're, you, can, you can say it out loud or not, but this is one of those ouch verses. Verse 14 says, Do all things without complaining and disputing or arguing. Wow. Well, that's a challenge, isn't it? Verse 14. Do all things, we're going to pop that one up on the screen for us. This is in the New King James Version, Philippians 2.14, do all things without complaining and disputing. Wow. That we might be found... Blameless and harmless or innocent. Children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. What a witness. Have you ever walked in and been around someone that has such a sweet spirit regardless of the situation? And it's a witness to the church and it's a witness to the world is how do they have that sweet spirit. How do they have such a sweet spirit? It's got to be God. It's allowing God to work through us to have the right attitude to take on the mind of Christ. Our attitude, our mind, how we look at things. But if I have an attitude of humility and consider others, maybe it will affect how I discuss the items of the day. 
Maybe I will be open to hear other opinions while not compromising to the lowest level of morality. And maybe if my attitude is right, I'll move from what I think I deserve to looking for what I am thankful to have. Moving from what I think I deserve to what I am thankful that I have. Just, just think about that. It's a challenge. It's a challenge. When you go to a restaurant, when you go to a restaurant, what is your attitude towards the people that are serving you? When you go and are a patron at a store, now if you watch on the news, you probably saw a story where someone was getting charged for some salsa or some sauce or something, and they didn't like getting charged for it, so they tore the store up, that there was an upcharge on some sauce. Well, clearly, that's not the right approach. You know, and if you go into a drive-thru restaurant, you might not, if you just think about that for a minute, I'm going through a drive-thru restaurant, maybe we should approach it different and not think that I'm going to a five-star sit-down restaurant with waiters everywhere. I'm going through a drive-thru restaurant. Now, I would I would... I would say that it's reasonable to expect that they get your order right. And I, I would think it would be reasonable to re- expect that they keep moving through. And it's very agitating. If you've been in the car with me, I get agitated about those things. But maybe it's an opportunity for us to think about our attitude on how we approach it. Maybe some of those situations, maybe not all the situations, but some of those situations, some of that tension could be lowered by what do we expect? What level of humility do we come in at? Do we come in as I'm the king? I mean, some of you have worked retail. And you, some people come in as though they're king and queen and they own everything and have no consideration for anybody else. And they have lots of demands. Have you ever asked them, what, and what church do you go to? But think about that when you walk into a place and, uh, and things are happening You know, the way we respond is a witness. The way we interact is a witness. And I'm thinking, there's somebody in my mind from my past I can think of there. She had such a sweet spirit in whatever situation. Wow. The mind of Christ. A level of humility. A level of, uh, uh, no, you go first. A level of thinking about others. You know, in, in a school setting, you know, you knock over somebody's books. You stop and help them pick them up, or 
Someone struggling to get along, you stop and help them if you can. It's being considerate. Now these are fundamental things we might think, but not in today's world. These are things that maybe some might have been taught from their youth, but I believe there's a high percentage of homes. Maybe this is not getting taught. There's a lot of schools where some of these biblical principles might not be taught, so let us be thinking about what kinds of attitudes are we modeling and interactions are we modeling. Is it of consideration and courtesy? Yes, some people might yell at you if you open the door for a woman. Or they might not like it, or they'll say, I can get that myself. Or that you help out, but I think it's worth it. Some people, you help them, and they're amazed. But how to do all things without complaining and disputing? Not everything has to be that important. Not everything is the crisis. I think the saying is a mountain out of a molehill. And then when the things that we should be really on fire about, we allow. The mind of Christ. So as you enter into the challenges of life and enter into these difficult things and you think about without complaining and disputing. You might be trying to grasp that. Because we know Paul engaged in theological debate. We knew that Jesus engaged in theological debate and discussion. But it kind of comes back to our attitude. Is it just about winning? Is it about getting my way? Or is it about the truth? Is it about the truth? So, do you have the mind of Christ? Do you desire the mind of Christ? Do you approach things with the humility? Or do you come across as arrogant? Do you consider other people? Or is it all about you? And you might think you're all that, but compared to God, you're not. And in your attitude as you go places is your expectation, this is what I deserve because of who I am? Because if we, can, we focus too much on that, we might miss the opportunity to say, this is what I am thankful for, that I didn't deserve. And that includes Jesus dying on the cross for us. Jesus, who humbled himself down to go through death for us, this is the mind of Christ. Let this mind also be in you. He considered us, we could consider others. This is a great challenge. It comes with the attitude of our mind. May God help us to have the mind of Christ, to have a mind of humility, have a mind of considering others, having a mind that we don't always have to get our way.
But at the same time, if we look at the totality of Scripture, we don't sacrifice on truth. That we don't sacrifice on. So the, may the Lord help us as our country goes through this moral civil war, I call, as I've called it, that we might have the mind of Christ. And as we go into places of business and we have interactions that the Lord would help us with our attitudes. And if, we, if our attitude is the right place, it might, it's going to help us in how we conduct ourselves with others. But a minimum, let us have humility. Help us to be considerate. Help us to be prayerful and how we respond to the situations of the day. Let's be standing together. Father God, I thank you for each one in service today. I'm thankful for those that are joining us online or in podcasts or whatever means that they might be listening or watching. Lord, as we think about this scripture, there's some challenges without complaining and disputing, arguing. Help us with that. Help us to figure out how to apply that to our lives. We've seen people with such a sweet spirit in our Christian life. What a witness. What a powerful witness. But Lord, we also understand that we are to stand up for the truth. We understand that we should defend the truth and the doctrine of Scripture. But our attitude is it really about truth or is it about showing ourselves, building ourselves up and putting other people down, making ourselves feel better? Lord, help us to discern how to have the mind of Christ, how to have humility, how to consider others. Lord, still considering ourselves, but considering others and esteeming them. Wow. Lord, help us. Help us where we're at. Search our hearts. Adjust the attitudes. Lord, we can't do this by ourselves. We need your help. We need your Holy Spirit. We need put you first. We need the cleansing. We need molding. We need shaping. We need your help. May we be your witnesses in a lost and dying world and how we respond to crisis, how we respond to challenges, how we respond to mistreatment. Lord, help us to be different than the world. We need your help. God and direct us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. With your heads bowed and hearts praying, I just want you to search your hearts and say,